This is Dave. This is Elle. Yanni's right over here. This is Duncan. This is Joanna. This is Will. This is Caitlin. And we are iPodcast Magic Missile. Welcome to iPodcast Magic Missile, where we play games and talk geek. Broadcasting every week from the New River Valley in the beautiful mountains of Southwest Virginia, we bring you audio from some of the most exciting games, new and old. No actual wizard spells here, just actual play from great games. This is iPodcast Magic Missile. What has what has everybody been up to? We haven't had this crowd together in a few weeks. As everybody knows, I've been caring for a tiny human. And not because you like shrunk a friend of yours or something like that. Nope. Because so that would be cool too. My wife split into two people, <laughs> <laughs> one of which is very small. <laughs> yeah, it's going pretty well. Yay! Yeah. We got to meet the little guy. That's true. <clears throat> Babies have cute. small body parts and tiny faces, and they're very cute. Still relatively proportionate, though. She's good. Yeah. 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 Yep. I mean, this baby. I got to hold it. That was good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very mellow baby, too. Yeah. No, that was good. You're fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a plus. Yeah, that is a high cl- it's a high quality baby right yeah. there. Yeah. So He's crying. crying when he wants food, or a couple minutes after his diaper needs to be changed. Sometimes he, like, dirties more than one in rapid succession, so I have to wait a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to change it till he's upset so that I don't have to change it again in a minute. Yeah. That is yeah. parental wisdom that I've heard before. It's just like, give him a second. <laughs> yeah. They probably have some more in them, so. They definitely have. <laughs> you can squeeze them a little just to make sure. <laughs> well, I'm not sure that's actually such a good idea. Oh, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> Not them. <laughs> well, congratulations on your on your tiny person. Yay. Thank you. And uh, I'm glad you could come game with us for a few hours at least. Yeah, me too. <laughs> what about what have other people been up to? I've been planting the hell out of a garden. Yay! Yay! Let me tell you all the things I have in my garden. We've got tomatoes, we've got peppers, we've got habaneros, we've got basil, we've got dill, we've got zucchini, we've got corn, we've got potatoes, and we've got pie pumpkins. We've got Swiss chard in containers. we got rosemary. There we go. You're yeah. missing the hand motions <laughs> and the facial expressions, which make this way better. Yeah, that should have been a video clip. But that's okay. You get to know all the vegetables that none of you will get to eat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I might get to eat them. Yeah, I mean, the people in this room get to eat them, but sorry, listeners, this is sort of uh, not for you. Wait until the future. Yeah. So when we well, can, like, have food transfer protocol. That's right. FTP yeah. and food. <laughs> Taste division. Well, yeah. smash into the microphone. I'll be like, yeah, delicious well, pesto I sort homemade. of feel like what we can do is we can, um, we can tell, we can all eat it here on camera. Yeah. Tell you how That's right, yeah. yeah, like, oh, this oh, yeah. one's really good. Yes, we can have a tasting day. I do plan that... The reason why I'm doing this is because, as you may know, uh, Patrick and I are trying to plan our future homestead, which I look forward to with great relish, and I want to learn how to grow all the food. And so this is sort of a test run, because I'm growing a lot of stuff that I haven't tried growing before, like corn or potatoes. Well, those um, cucumbers can help with the relish, right? Yes, that's right. And the mm-hmm. um, 
And you'll be the only ones alive after the zombie apocalypse. It's true, yes. <laughs> when peak oil hits, we'll be alright. Assuming that the zombies aren't also plant zombies. That's right. Oil zombies. Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. Oh. Man, then I'll just have to make a big zombie furnace. <laughs> that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. And that's right. The new fuel source, right? Yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. that's an example of turning lemons into lemonade. That's right. That is the pioneer spirit I am trying to cultivate. Turn zombies into zombie aid. Yep. <laughs> so I'm just I've been super excited about that because I've been going out there and obsessively checking the garden each day and everything's starting to grow and it makes me incredibly happy that nature works when I'm overseeing it <laughs> instead of just dying. So that's a I know that feeling. Life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that's not gaming-related, but that's what I've been doing. Well, it's kind of a game. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's like a lot of... Yeah, there's a it's lot like of research to it. It's like you eat Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I will probably have lots and lots of food left over that I will try to be pawing off on you guys. Did you plant squash? Yes. Zucchini? Some zucchini? Squash? Um, just... I, I only have two zucchini plants right now because... The last time I planted two zucchini plants, I had trouble keeping up with them. I was about to say, two zucchini plants? Two zucchini plants. That's a lot plants. of zucchini. It's a lot of zucchini. <laughs> um, I plan to do a couple of things this year, which includes things like making masses of zucchini bread and freezing it. and uh, Zucchini bread is the right answer. Yeah, and making zucchini chips, which Ooh. you can make. So you can dry zucchini chips and then make big bags of those. Um so yeah, two zucchini plants. We should totally have an uh, cooking with IPMM. <gasps> oh my sure. god, I remember that! I love cooking! I have so many recipes. Anyways, yeah. And I have way too many. I, 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 a, I think that's that... a new video feature. I think we're going to have that. Yeah, you know? I think we've blown past the let's let's have a 100th episode video promo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we were actually talking We were talking a little bit about that. Earlier. Because, yeah, we are... Yeah. I could theoretically bust my ass and get it done, but we... The filming would have to take place sometime you know really what? soon. You will have a non-deterministic episode numbered I think so. video promo. Yeah, we should feature. just have the special episode. They recently had the 100th yeah. anniversary... or 100th issue anniversary of Guardians of the Galaxy and, like, the 102nd issue. Yeah. So, okay, oh, yeah, no, it's fine. Too much. We'll yeah. celebrate it's our 100th good for that. episode. We will. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it will it will work out when we are ready to start filming and we can get the logistics of that. Well, it'll come together. But yes, so yes, I will give you guys lots of awesome stuff. I hope that the basil really takes off because I'd really like to get a ton of pesto made. Mm. So I want to make pesto with you because yeah. I used to make pesto all the time, and it's That's like awesome. just if I could live off of food, it would probably it be, would be pesto. pesto. Maybe that and like suzuki sauce. Yeah, seriously, I can like. <laughs> My my saddest, easiest meal is I make spaghetti, I stir pesto on it, now it is food. <laughs> that doesn't sound terribly sad true. to me. It's, no, it does. it's well, my favorite. Boy. Yeah. yeah. I've been known to just grab a spoon and put it in peanut yeah. butter and be like, ah, nutrient paste. <laughs> <laughs> saddest <laughs> meal. That's been me the last couple weeks at work. I do kind of do that for dessert. <laughs> I do that with pesto on bread, actually. Oh, I'm going to put in a request yeah. that if you don't mind, company, since I'm going to be yeah. cooking with a very, very small subset of my kitchen stuff out of Blake's kitchen, which mm. you've seen, yeah. <laughs> that if you want to have some sort of cooking party at your place, I would... love to have a cooking party. Oh my god, I really... Oh, that would or we could just, like, get together for dinners. No, that is something that I dream about, and since my house is nice... And full of the space for people and not kind of weird and awkwardly cramped like the old one. I would love to have dinner parties and then we can all come and we can cook them. 
Your house awesome. is look way brighter and airier and nicer in a lot of ways than <sighs> it's a lot the other one was. Than the other. Yeah, the other one was sort of a labyrinth of white and dungeon. Well, now that I've invited myself over to your place, yes. we can move on to the next yes, person. Yes, yes. <laughs> as long as there aren't whites in the dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> Undead. Undead. That's right. <laughs> For my zombie <laughs> yes. unit. GHT. <laughs> I feel like most of our listeners are probably familiar enough with trad games to get it. <laughs> I wasn't too worried. <laughs> didn't you? Didn't you play a game, Caitlin? I did. Uh, but I want to skip over Will, and Will and oh, I have an I'm experience sorry. we both want to share. <laughs> We've watched the most terrifying show we have ever seen in our whole lives. <laughs> the, the end, the beginning, the alpha, the omega, the sage, the devourer, the- Uncle Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I think a lot of our listeners may have seen a commercial or two for Uncle Grandpa and thought, what a stupid looking show. That looks like garbage. They may have even seen five minutes of a show. And they thought, I don't get it. This is shit. What is this? This is confusing. I don't understand. It reminds me of that Sonic cartoon full of corn dogs. <laughs> um, you sure you there are no corn dogs? Are there well, corn dogs? There was a chili dog. That's close. That's not the point. <laughs> the point is that the heart of that show is so dark, so disturbing, well. that, well, we just kind of fell in love with it. <laughs> so the basic premise is that we follow the adventures of this guy called Uncle Grandpa. Well, it's not just called Uncle Grandpa. He is literally every single person Perhaps even plants. Yes. Uncle and grandfather. grandfather. At the same time. In the universe. Like, everyone everywhere. Yes. And this kind of makes him somewhere almost as in, like, a Santa Claus type figure. Because everyone immediately recognizes him. And also he has, he's known for doing certain things. Helping children. He loves helping children. Yes. <laughs> but... I, I think the the kind of gross realization you get when watching the show is that all of the momentary kind of absurd changes that he imposes upon the universe are actually permanent changes that he's actually done. So, for example... Well, for example, when he's scared, maybe his eyes pop out of his head, roll onto his tongue, and go back into his brain. This is a show where that literally has happened. Yes. This isn't a cartoon shortcut to showing how frightened he is. People is... around him have seen his eyes pop out of his head. And furthermore, <laughs> he warps other human he warps other people via his terrifying uncle grandpa will and imposes he pulls things out of scale and time and space. So he can see something on the horizon, grab it. And it is that size when he brings it into frame. But I want to then add that it is then consistently like that. It is not just like, so yes, it's done for a bit joke. But then, this is the only show I've seen like this, which then decides to carry through with the implications of that bit joke. And you see the ramifications in the background of all these things. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's pretty surprisingly surreal. I, I only watched that one episode with you guys on Monday, and I think we all came into it like, this is going to be stupid, 
<laughs> hate it. And then it was funny. And then it was sort of, yeah, surreally terrifying. And so you guys make me really want to watch the rest of it. To, it is so scary. <laughs> to yeah. describe, like, the moment, I think, that has encapsulated things best for me is from mm. um, one of... They have these little in-between, like, like you know, the screen cards and like a bump. Yeah, like a little bump. Um, in between where he's just doing something and, like, it's kind of, like, white void. It's some, like, a cute thing with a title sometimes. And in this, he turns into... He pops... He, his limbs pop off. He turns into an egg. You see the fetus of something grow inside the egg, turn into a spider, it hatches out, and he walks around as a giant spider with Uncle Grandpa's head, saying that was strange and just leaves. Just something about the fact that he randomly loses all his limbs, transforms into an egg, and then and wholly births himself as a giant spider. <laughs> just... He fought himself in an episode and won a one-sided victory. Watch it to understand it. <laughs> it's... And they always have the TARDIS in there. The TARDIS is always in there. He's got a magic RV that takes him anywhere he wants to go, which also may include the universe inside the RV, so he may or may not need to step out of it. Yes. But he does so anyway, <laughs> but, because he wants to. But there is always a TARDIS in the RV. Um... This one is red, for copyright purposes. <laughs> um, but I just, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> Gonna watch it all now. Yeah. yeah. And and I just, go into it, instead of thinking of a child, you will enjoy it more if you try to let your brain impose order on the world, on the universe, because it, it, it lets you do that, and the consequences are horrifying. <laughs> Um, let's see, the other thing I wanted to, um, talk about was I played a, I actually got a chance to play a game recently, it was really a short kind of game, um, and it's just in browser, it's called Loved, um, and I think the guy's name is Alexander Asio, um, but it is, you kind of have to play it to understand it, but it is very uncomfortable. It is a game about control, I feel like. Um, and you can have it taken away from you in a really... It just feels kind of like um, like it's ex it's exploring almost like notions of abuse, but in a way that makes it totally not about that. Just you're like just a little sprite trying to go on a little platforming adventure. And the way that that cashes out is just, like, deeply unsettling, but without being something that's, like, trying to send you a message! Uh, it just is incredibly uncomfortable, but very well done. So that's called Loved. Yeah. I'm, I just fired it up in my browser, and it's already bothering me. So I'm going to put it away. <laughs> um, I haven't done a lot of playing of games, although I did make a game for Game Chef, and... Um, having made a game for Game Chef, which was a little micro game of six cards, um, I actually got a couple of people who wanted to play it with me, and we played like a little bit over play by post on G Plus today, and it worked pretty well. I mean, one of the things is when you, you know, I, I love, I love these very impressionistic game concepts. Um, I, I don't have the head for rules that, that L has. So, um, um, I tend to write 
short, punchy things that don't really kind of work or don't have all the pieces yet, and so then you play a little bit, and you're like, okay, this, 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 and this needs to be fixed, this doesn't work, this doesn't work. But uh, Game Chef is due on the 18th, so I should have a revision or two by then, and I will lose Game Chef. But I will have done it, so I will have won. It's kind of like NaNoWriMo, I think, <laughs> in that sense. Because <laughs> I can't... Have won NaNoWriMo yet? Oh, I've totally won NaNoWriMo twice. <laughs> <laughs> I have never won NaNoWriMo. Never, no. ever. I, I was just being facetious, like, because there's not actually a way to, yeah. aside from everybody who participates winning. Well, oh, I thought, I mean, like, if you actually get it done, yeah. that's that, what I was talking about. That's usually what winning. people say, winning that <laughs> well, it's, it's funny, because, like, so, so okay, so I, I have another, like, like mini rant here, and that is that the other day Blake asked me if I had... Oh, there's there's some sort of a, 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 a phase transition in your life where you go from having too many hours to not enough hours, where you go from having time and you're like, what should I do with myself, to there's no way I could possibly finish all the things I need to do. And when he asked me, he said, you know, said, hey, so so have you, you know, have you gotten to that, like, could, oh, he given a name to, does anyone remember what he calls that? Oh, it doesn't really matter. The point is, like, he says, he tells people the name of it, and they immediately know what he's talking about. And I said, no, I haven't really. And then I thought about it for a bit, and as of late... Due to some things that I've had to do, uh, some medical things that I've had to, to take off work from to go travel, and some legal things that I've had to go take off work from to travel, I've hit that wall. I've hit that. If I spend the time I want to with my friends, which is always my top priority, <laughs> maybe it shouldn't be, and I take care of all of the other things that I need to do in my life that I have to have to do, because some of them are on the clock and some of them are just sort of necessities, and I try to get all my work done and I try to get enough sleep, I am just at however 24 times 7 hours in a week is. <laughs> the point How is... How many cups of coffee is that? <laughs> Not enough. Oh my God, for me? <laughs> All the coffee. <laughs> so yeah, so... I'm so, so glad that I courted rent in this room and no one got it. <laughs> I, I got it. I courted rent first. This <laughs> is a backwards fucking situation! <laughs> <laughs> It is kind of. It is yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate rent, by the way. Just, just to let I've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care about the amount of people who like rent. Huh? Mm. I've, oh, seen a performance. Yes. I've seen a performance of La Boheme. Does that count? Since isn't it based on La Boheme? La Boheme it counts is better. Than, yes. And it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> rent like is just either. like. I feel like it, like. I feel like I shouldn't want to hit someone who's dying of AIDS. What <laughs> <laughs> do you do when you see it? It's amazing. Uh, is that not the artist's vision, though? No. <laughs> oh, well, then it was a terrible film. <laughs> uh, so, so. Anyways, you're out of time. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just out of time, and I know that that's going to improve in the future. I just, it's, it's, it's just, it's bizarre to me because it's like I'm treading water for the first time in a very, very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I don't have a complex life, and somehow I'm turning water. <sighs> there, that's all. Um. Oh, Will taught me uh, Warhammer Fantasy. <gasps> nice on Tuesday. Um, Good choice. <laughs> I don't like it as much as 40k. However, I like the magic face. Well, I hear it's coming to a 40k near you, and it's gonna suck. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> but why it's going to a Do you know why it's going to suck? Because they changed it. It doesn't function the same. Okay. And, all, and five armies do, uh, out of 
11 do not have access to any psychers at all. This seems like a high number. Yeah. Why yeah. don't you... Do you, to, do you want to go into more detail of that? Okay. So, in fantasy, how it works is you have a bunch of spells, and they have a target number to cast them. It's 16, 7, 21 random numbers. I'm sure Will could quote you at more specific numbers. I had two spells. They were 6 and 10. Um, Theoretically, based on power level. Yeah, yeah. The, the more expensive, the, 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 the higher the points total, the harder it is to cast. So how you cast a spell is during the, during the magic phase, you roll a number of dice, and if that total, plus the level of your caster, so if you're a level 4 wizard, you add 4 to it, level 2, you add 2, um, equals or exceeds that number, then voila, you've cast a spell. Now, um, how you generate these dice in order to throw at it, you roll 2d6 and add that number up. So if you roll a 6 and a 3, then congratulations, you have 9 dice to throw at all of your spells in the entire phase. So if you have 6 wizards, you have, those, you have 9 dice to split up among 6 wizards. Um, you're shaking your head, Will. You never have six wizards, and if you did, you would split it between the one wizard who is there to be a wizard, <laughs> the other wizard who may be there as a dispel scroll carrier, and the four wizards who are there to roll that six to get you extra dice. <laughs> I'm aware. I picked an arbitrary number, Will. <laughs> All right. So, at any rate, um, I'll keep them quiet. Now, hypothetically, uh, oh, so so uh, you you get the um um the total of the number of dice you get. Now, um, hypothetically, in the situation that, you know, you roll a six and a three, well, then the higher of the two dice, so in this case the six, would be the number of dispel dice that your opponent gets to try to stop you. And this works exactly the same way. They're basically trying to beat the same target number you are with whatever wizard's trying to dispel it in the exact same way. And, and so it's this really cool kind of mind games effect of, like, you know, oh, there's this really nasty spell that you don't want to go off, but I have this other nasty spell that I can do fun things with. Which one are you going to do? And it's, it's really interesting back and forth, especially because you're dispelling in the other person's phase and you're casting in your phase. And so there's some back and forth, because you can also dispel in your turn. And it, there, there, there's it, it's very interesting tactically. I... I was pleasantly surprised by Games Workshop not just relying on random luck, but actually player choice. Mm. Um, very quality game design, I think. Now that brings us to 40k. They have seen some. There, there's been some previews and stuff, and some videos they've posted um, leading up to seventh edition. And on it, you see a little bit of, of, a, of, a, of a snapshot of the page. So I, I, I know for a fact that I mean, unless they chose a random page and changed it later, which I find unlikely. How it works in, in, or how it's going to work in 40k is that each player in each magic phase rolls a d6 and adds the total of all of their psyker levels. So, they have psychics instead of wizards. So, um, if you have a level 4 and a level 2, it'd be a total of 6. That's big. Because now, because in fantasy, for the spelling, you had a weighted, you had a weighted, uh, dice roll. Like, it was basically each player was rolling well, you got a, you got less dispel dice, but it was it was weighted, so it wasn't just a flat d6. You got the higher two. This is a flat d6, and then you have this big flat modifier on top of that of the total number of total level of all the psychers, which means hypothetically someone could bring a bunch of cheap psychers because there's lots of cheap level one psychers. Unlike in fantasy, they're not worthless. Um, just to give you obscene amounts of dice, and at that point, the person's you know average of four dice ain't gonna dispel shit ever. Um, now, I did actually hear a rumor, which may be someone misreading it, but that the active player rolls a d6, and then both players get that roll plus their psycho level and dice. According to the text I read, it said each player rolls a d6. 
Um, and yeah, that's why I said I. It I may mean, be, uh, maybe I maybe I misread it, and you know, I don't know. It, it was kind of scrolling text that I paused in a YouTube video, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah. Isn't there isn't there some weirdness about how you cast and how you dispel? Because I've seen people online talking about like, oh, you need to hit a number of sixes equal to their number of somethings on your it's denied four ups. witch. From what I, what I've seen is it's four ups. Basically, it is? okay, you don't need like a six to counter a four up or something. No, no well, I mean maybe I, I haven't okay. seen the full rules. According to the rumors I've heard, now these these are rumors. This this is not even a YouTube video to back this up. Okay. This is just rumors. But uh, hypothetically. Um, I've heard that you um, have, you, know, you roll your you roll your, your handful of dice and just say shadow run. Um, you know, a hit is a four up, and you total up your number of hits. So you need like four hits to cast a spell, and every hit the the dispeller gets subtracts one from the caster. So I don't know. Maybe in practice it'll be more balanced than it looks, but it seems like they took a perfectly good system in fantasy and just fucked it up. <laughs> well, it does. It does mean though that because in fantasy the dispeller has to get. A total that is. Do they just subtract that total from your thing, or do they oh, no, have to no, beat no. your? No, they have to. Meet, have, they have, have to, to meet or beat. Right? So in this case, meet but, or beat the the casting total, not yeah. the caster's rolled total. Mm-hmm. Hmm? No, so the caster's rolled total. total. It is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're like oh, trying you're right. to cast it's a their, sixteen it's in up your spell turn and roll twenty five, then they mm-hmm. need to roll that, twenty five. That's what I'm So in that sense, it's actually a little bit different because, like in fantasy, you basically have to throw all your dispel at one spell. Or unless you have a lot, and you can throw it at multiple ones. But Only if they're throwing all of their dice at theirs, though, because they don't have, because uh, like it's a game of chicken. Yeah, exactly. Whereas it looks like in 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 40k, you could throw a few dispel dice at each spell just to reduce the chance of them making it. It's only a game of chicken if your opponent wants it. To, the, the casting player wants it to yeah. be a game of chicken. The casting player has two options when they want to cast spells in their phase. They can say, we'll play chicken, and I have more dice than you, therefore I may get off one spell and you won't get off any spell. Or, the opponent could have a lore that has low casting values and try to cast a bunch of little ones. So that you can't squash them all. You can't. Whereas That's in this what case, I'm trying to do. Yeah. It seems like you could kind of shotgun their all their psychic abilities, one or two dice on, of dispel dice at each, right? Well, if you, if you need a four up to get a success, and... Of the spells we've seen, they were one, three, and five or charge. So you have to now, have that many successes. Bear in mind, all of those were summoning extra models, though. Yeah. Entire Ooh. units worth of models. That's... The one summons an entire unit of extra models. The Primaris mm-hmm. power summons ten of some demon. And it's five or charge, though. No, it's three. Wow. Oh, okay. It's three. The five is the transformation into a greater demon. Oh, by the way, your level <laughs> one Psyker can turn into a greater demon. Now remember that now, you that's actually... some armies, right? No, according to Jervis Johnson in one of the videos, quote, all armies except for Tyranids, with Psykers, will have access to Demonology. But I wouldn't be so worried about that, because you actually played a game with me where I had the ability to turn my level 2 chump wizard, who mm-hmm. was like, no points at all, mm-hmm. into a terrifying monstrous dragon, mm-hmm. and because of the way you played and the way you dispelled, that never came up. Except, I had a wizard. Yeah. Five armies in 40k that don't have wizards. They will have something, I promise. No, they won't. They will have d6 dispel dice, presumably. I, I bet it's going to be not as bad as that. So on average, I'll get three dispel dice to try to maybe get enough four-ups to cancel all of their stuff. If they want it to go off, it goes off. Like, seriously. it's Like, they bring enough psychers that they're, you know, that hypothetically you could just have your flat bonus higher than my d6. 
I would be surprised if GW made it as bad as that. I have very little faith in GW's rule design. They stick by fluff. <laughs> and so the fluff is, oh, Tau and Necrons don't have psychers. Black Templars and Sisters of Battle don't use psychers. So it's fluffy. It's fine. They but, don't balance it. But Black Templars and Sisters of Battle should have some kind of specific anti-witch tech, because that is their... Black Templars do. Black they... Templars do. And I think Adamantium Will will do something. However... Dark Eldar, Necrons, Tau, and Sisters of Battle do not have Adamantium Will. Don't Necrons have some anti-Psyker tech, too? No, they don't. Isn't that really? weird? Oh, they should. Okay. Because they, they fluff... used to. The Pariahs used to be... Right? Isn't that weird? Nasty. In the fluff, okay. they used to... Oh, they, they do. And they used to, rules-wise, apparently. But yeah, no, they don't anymore. Dark Elves, at least in fantasy, have traditionally had the ability to harm Psykers in a specific way. Like, if you're a Psyker and you're in range of my item that says, Get ready, Psyker, I'm gonna eat your brain... <laughs> They don't have their brains at. Uh, and, not Dark in, the, Eldar, in the previous edition of the Dark Eldar, back when they had like their four and a half page book, <laughs> uh, they did have an item like that. Uh, as far as I know, now I don't play Dark Eldar, mm-hmm. but as far as I know, they don't have anything like that anymore. I suspect they will either add items uh, to people's books, or they might have even a common uh, wizarding or psychic equipment guide that they add to the main rule book. They they did that for fantasy, mind you. We the fantasy books see, fantasy was, has always had base magic items in the book. Well no they I mean they did for fantasy they uh they just straight FAQ'd like dispel die generation onto certain models. They just put it right on there. Ethereals so, may well have that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they might just make some models generate deny the whip which uh and, and my in my experience from like if you look at like uh, games like uh, Burning Meal because I've done some of the probabilistic analysis of that you know, they're, they're successful success you know yeah. three up four up Is it three up or four up four up Burning Meal no no in in, in in this game oh in this game it's four up four up, four up. okay so you really got to roll to get it to to, to just just to, just be getting the spell off a difficulty five spell off half the time you got to roll like. Nine or ten dice. But difficulty five is turning yourself into a 350-point model. That's true. Difficulty one and two are things like, I'm invisible. Yep. Or, yep, yep, oh, yep. I have yeah. free cover saves. Like, like, those are the ones that I think... Which are game-turning, but the mag- magic... Those are already the biggest the, and most powerful ones, are all of the buffs. It seems like, and Will can probably speak to this too, in fantasy, magic can be very game-turning. It can okay. be very swingy. <laughs> it's pretty much the mechanic in Warhammer Fantasy keeping it alive. <laughs> it's If you have a buffed unit that has a spell on it, and it is even merely fairly worse than the other unit you're fighting, that buff will turn it into a superior unit. You will you can yeah. win the day. I've had a unit of ten archers who, <laughs> you know, they were total garbage, facing off against ogre elites, who are these massive guys with great weapons so strong that it doesn't even matter. My guys weren't even tough enough to take the serious benefit of having the great weapons leveled against them. But I cast a really powerful spell on my ten archers, and they sure did eat those ogres for breakfast. Oh, really? Yeah. I was super lucky. (laughs) I was was like, whoa! (laughs) I haven't heard this story yet. <laughs> that said, there's also rumors that some of the spells will cause warp problems on or perils of the warp on any doubles, not just double sixes. So mm-hmm. at the point where you're rolling, I, didn't, I went and looked for that. I did not see that. I've heard that that double ones are perils of the warp. Well, that's how it is now. Is one double ones, double sixes. Well, um, but hypothetically, doubles when you're rolling eight dice to try to turn yourself into a greater demon is potentially more. Well, yeah. 
At six dice... At six dice, you're, you're statistically going to get one. At seven, it's guaranteed. Seven, it's guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you're trying to cast a five-charge spell... You're rolling uh, ten dice. You're almost certainly going to get a double one. You, you mm-hmm. get better than better than even odds to get a double one. Now here's a question I have. You said that in order to dispel, what you did is, for every success you had when dispelling, you subtracted one success from the casting player, right? That's the rumor I've heard. Now, that yeah. was not... I didn't see that... I, all I saw in the YouTube video, the little freeze frame thing, mm-hmm. was just generating warp, warp dice. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the rumor. If that rumor is true, that seems like dispelling uh, spells is much more powerful than casting spells. So, for example, let's say you're trying to cast that big, giant spell that's, uh, <laughs> I, I need yeah. five successes. And you just, you get you plink one four up, and yeah. They, it, that might not be the case. It might be you have to get the same amount of four-ups as they do or beat their four, number of four-ups or something like that. That would be how I would hope that they would do that, because otherwise that is very much in Dispelling's court. Which I would not complain against. <laughs> well, no, it, seriously. In 40K, like, there's for a lot of reason Dispelling psychic powers, though. Well, I mean, here's all the, the psychic powers, like, right now, just go off. Well, but... Unless you have a psychic and power. That, and, that's why, and that's why I think <laughs> that um, being... Waiting slightly into Spelling's favor is not a bad thing. Because right now, all of the Death Stars, all of the uber-competitive lists that have two-up re-rollable save, invulnerable saves, um, there are three different ways to get that in the game, and all of them with psychic powers. I was wondering how that came about. Uh-huh, it's yeah. a psychic powers. And so, all of that, like... like Are they cover saves or invulnerable they're saves? They're invulnerable saves. Jesus. Only thing you don't get, against, uh, get them against is D-weapons. And... Um, which well, that's really why shouldn't. they made Lords of War, obviously. <laughs> to balance those two plus plus units. <laughs> Regardless, it's um, it's one of those situations where I think magic, ha- the, the buffs anyway, like the evocation equivalents are just garbage. It's, nah, take some strength for wounds. It's stupid. It's absolute garbage. But the buffs are crazy powerful. And it just turns a unit of jet bikes into an invisible twin-linked... <laughs> murder death squad that's almost completely in- invulnerable. That, that, it's, it's called Seer Star. It's a two-up re-rollable invuln with a unit of like 30 dudes that can be across anywhere they want on the board on any given turn. Nice. It's insane. Um, there's another version using demons that's, even, that's in some ways even worse. But So, what are the, you also said that you didn't like fantasy as much as you liked 40k. Mm-hmm. What is your what, what, like, rules? Because I mean, who else at this table plays both on a regular basis? Do. You, you do. I haven't played much of the new edition of 40 yeah. but I've played it's some, well. and I haven't played much of the new edition of Fantasy, but... <laughs> so, what is your breakdown of that? Like, yeah. um, <clears throat> we don't talk... I mean, we've talked about Warhammer before. I find it interesting, even though I don't play. I... So, first off, I think the largest reason, like 60% of it, is that at my, at my, like, at my core, I like sci-fi. Okay. I just don't like fantasy that much. Just not fantasy game, like a Warhammer fantasy, just right. fantasy as a genre. Mm. It just doesn't do it for me the same way. I like my mechs, I like my guns, I like my lasers, and I like my spaceships. It's just. <laughs> well, no. luckily you're playing Skaven. <laughs> so you'll have all of them. <laughs> There's a reason I like Skaven. Aside from the fact that I'm a girl and girls like Skaven. It's a rule. <laughs> <laughs> not, not enough, not enough girls Dafke girls play in, in fantasy. No. 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 Although, what, what else are people? so wrong. <laughs> but anyway, um, now, however, mechanically, I also, my biggest complaint with it mechanically was how little impact terrain had, aside from just, like, channeling you. Like, well, it's nodding. It's, it's smiling. It's, 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 <laughs> it, it actually worked out really... Were you really, channeling it, here with terrain? 
it works really well in, in our game. Like, like, it did exactly what, what I was hoping it would do when we were kind of setting it up, which is he had a lot, he had significantly more ranged troops than not ranged shots than he had a cannon and unit you know, of archers. I had a wizard as my ranged and a mortar that could you know do one little thing, uh, which is actually pretty nasty. But it's uh, you know it has a chance of scattering and stuff. So um, he had significant range on me, so I was trying to channel the battle into a very narrow front to keep him from getting away from me, basically, and not just sitting in a corner. Um, not that I really thought you were going to do that in the first game, but... Not for a tutorial. But that, that's still, I, I think, tactically, in that, in that, and it ended up working for that. However, that's about all it did, <clears throat> was just basically make zones you weren't going. Mm-hmm. And in 40k, there's actually advantages for being in cover. You, you duck in and around it quite a bit. Because there's so, significantly so much, there's just so much more shooting. You're shooting so much more lethal. Um, in fantasy, you know, it, it's, I did not see really anything above strength 5. And in 40k, that's like small arms fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's not as much to hit with that. So it's the, the, the toughness curve is yeah. lower in fantasy. That is but true. one of the reasons why you had the experience that you did is because we played a very, very small points game mm-hmm. on a battlefield that I, uh, uh, I made smaller based on the way I, I placed the things that it happened so that we wouldn't have this weird situation where we would have odd things happening in your first tutorial game. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the time, if uh, someone did that sort of thing, it would be very devastating. For example, uh, what I did in this game is I took a bunch of buildings which are largely impossible to traverse past if there's a bunch of them next to each other, and I put them dead center uh, so in, I put a dead center. You put the main thing dead center, but there were ways around it until I blocked it off. That is true. You did put that one on it, that third building there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, so I was putting a bunch of buildings around and uh, unfavorable pieces of terrain like Mysterious Forest, because you don't want to go in a Mysterious Forest. What's in there? It's mysterious. It is mysterious. I went in one that one time. I like it was fun. Forests. <laughs> I like the Blood Forest, personally. They apparently make an attack and then leave. Like, literally, the forest just gets up and walks away. If it doesn't like you, just uh, (laughs) (laughs) The weird sisters were right! (laughs) (laughs) Poor Macbeth. Anyway, uh, so if we were playing a bigger points game, like 2000, having a huge block of you-can't-go-here would have just devastated some armies. Like, for example, a large Skaven army would have a very hard time having a huge... uh, uh, block in the middle, because it would basically say half your army goes in this sector, half your army goes in this but see, sector. See, that's my point. That That is exactly my point, is that terrain is pretty much a just place you can't go. And that's the extent of terrain. The The trick with terrain and fantasy is a lot of times it's in areas, and they'll like have some effect. So, like, you can move your unit that you don't care about its rank bonus into terrain where if you're in there you can't get a rank bonus and then just say come at me or guard your flank with a forest and it's a question of do I want to charge my heavy cav through that forest to rip open their flank is it worth it so a lot of times it's it creates kind of gamble situations where it's I need to get there and there's this terrain I can move through but I'd rather not in my way and a lot of times you've got to move through it to to make the day, you know? It's still, I mean... You've got to get and that And that's valid. And I'm not, I'm not saying there isn't ever cases where terrain becomes more than just impassable, but it's still ultimately just funneling movement. Well, it also... Well, some of them uh, do other things. Like, for example, we had an altar of Cain, which didn't get used because 
it, it didn't just uh, end up getting used. But uh, because Warhammer regiments are just not as maneuverable as 40k regiments, a lot of the terrain features affect things in a radius of themselves and say, within this radius you get a weird thing. If you're within six inches of this altar of Cain, which a player could, you know, supposedly place anywhere... Um, Every unit gets frenzy because they are they're goaded on by the hatred of the the, the bloody handed god Cain. <laughs> so things like that happen. There are haunted mansions, or if you go too close, ghosts will try to mess you up, even if you're not inside the darn thing. There's swamps that give you regeneration. But if you're in a swamp, buildings that give you steadfast. <laughs> yeah, because like that. Because they're breweries. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we could leave. Or not. I don't know. <laughs> Dwarves have to make a leadership check to leave. <laughs> Are you serious? You, I, yes. I'm dead serious. That's so they, have, they have some random fluffy rules in things. <laughs> it is hard to get dwarves well, to leave that brewery. Awesome. Fair enough. Still, that that was at least my, my biggest mm-hmm. complaint. Um, How do you find the tactical combat was compared to because forty k the units are very sort of amorphous right and uh-huh. kind of spread out whereas well, in fantasy is very regimented right basically all I did was <laughs> run forward at the enemy because I was escaping and <laughs> close combat with rat urgers so I was <laughs> um, that said it was really awesome and weird and very surreal winning combat because I played <laughs> Tau um, Tau not win combat <laughs> they um, they die either quickly or slowly depending on how well you roll. Um, sometimes if you're really lucky, you can get run down, and then you can shoot them, because there's no one blocking them in close combat anymore. You know, with other units, of course. It's, uh, it's a brutal experience, uh, and it's pretty much, if you're in the Tau lines, you win. Well, now you're playing, not right now, I guess, you, well, you're playing the, the army that basically is closest to Tyranids in terms of the way it plays in, in fantasy. Mm. No. Mm. No, they're just... There's um, not really an equivalent for Skaven. No. Yeah. I would say they're almost Space the Tau equivalent, just not gameplay-wise. <laughs> you could see that I mean, more or less. Not, not dissimilar. Tech-wise, I mean, obviously, yeah. Orcs yeah. and Goblins yeah. are the, the Space Orcs of fantasy, but... Yeah. They're like a second orcs. Yeah. They're very uh, random. So Skaven have great technology because they don't have the constraint of the concern over safety. <laughs> so a Skaven could invent a very dangerous weapon, and some other Skaven would say to them, that's dangerous. To which every other Skaven would laugh and say, the Skaven world is dangerous. Shut up, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Greg. <laughs> Greg's got some crazy ideas about seatbelts. <laughs> what is even that? <laughs> oh, Greg, in your silly but, um, helmets. <laughs> but yeah, no, I... It, it definitely... It, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't particularly... Well, okay. It... it it offered some very interesting tactical considerations because there was spacing, and you had, and you really could only turn so much. So you kind of had to plan a couple turns in ahead, in advance, uh, which I'm bad at. Um, typically, oh, oh, that, typically that's how I play, play some fantasy because <laughs> if you could gain the ability to plan turns in advance in 40k, be a leg up on the competition. I also <laughs> want you to know mm-hmm. that in fantasy. It is one of the few games you can actually lose in the deployment phase. Oh, 40k you can lose in the in mm-hmm. army selection. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but in 40... Uh, I don't know about in 40k, but in fantasy it's very easy to lose in the deployment phase mm-hmm. because it, there's almost nothing you can do to change that. In 40k, worst case scenario, if you have two units that are just wrong and need to be switched in position, you could go out of your way to do the arduous task of switching them. Mm-hmm. Whereas in fantasy, 
There's not a mechanic for that. You can't switch positions with two adjacent units. It'd take yeah. more than six turns. <laughs> it would take a long time. It was a little annoying. Uh, it, 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 I, I like the game, and I'll totally play it again. I, I think out 40k slightly more. Um, just because of the amorphous sort of blob of guys. There's, it's very different tactical considerations. For instance, blasts become much less scary. Um, it was funny, because I had a whole bunch of, I, I had a, I had a mortar and a spell that had a small blast. And I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm like, small blast, okay. I mean, that doesn't, strength four? Okay. You lay that template down on a giant block of dudes. Well, well, cause in 40k, yeah. a, 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 a small, temp, small blast template is three inches. It's a three inch template. Which means that you basically have to center it over a guy, which means at best, if the person's a moron, you're hitting like four. Like, and that's assuming they didn't spread out to even like an inch between the guys. At maximum coherency of two inches, you're hitting maybe two at best. Um, like, and that's assuming you scatter in the right direction. So it was really weird being like, oh, holy shit, I hit nine guys. And that's oh. the low end. I went on tirades complaining about these particular infantry and how their huge bases make them only hit nine guys with these small templates. Yeah, the difference is nine and, what, 16? 21. 21? 21. It's is, been too long. <laughs> used to be able to get 16 on those 25 mils, but they changed the rules. Oh, right. But we don't need to go into this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Too many was, people have heard weird. that rant. That, 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 is, that is very interesting, I think, because in, in, in fantasy, they have there, there's strategy and tactics and stuff built around maneuvering units as blocks. In 40k, it's maneuvering models while staying close to other models. Because which, you have a coherency limit. Right. Right, because you, you have a two-inch coherence, you have to stay with the two inches of your rest of your unit, and that unit moves and can change shape. Mm-hmm. And so you can make lines, you can make, you know, spearheads, you can make all sorts of different things. And there's inherent bonuses to making certain shapes at certain times, mm-hmm. but it's not, like, required, you know? Um, which I prefer slightly. I could talk your ear off about making certain shapes out of units, too. <laughs> As a tuned player, I love it when I'm coincidentally forced by the rules... To create these long teardrop-shaped units that have one model at the back for synapse, and then go blur. I'm in combat. <laughs> I have a huge, have huge frontage and one little guy within six inches so, of the synapse. So uh, our, um, our 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 resident munchkin, pumpkin, the one person that people really don't like playing, he um, does this thing where he does a, a gaunt conga line. So he has a bunker. And how Tyrion has got a bunker, I fuck if I know. And he puts these things, these these venom throats, which give. Uh, a super cover save, like a two-up cover if you're even remotely covered. Like, like if you're standing in some loose gravel, you get a two-up cover save. You know? Uh, like, like, it's it's just it's just cover saves for everyone in this aura of six inches. So, you know, what what you do is, you know, what, I mean, it's supposed to do is shove them up in the middle of the unit. They, they have this miasmic aura that gives cover. However, because the wording of the, of the ability and the way coherency rules work with, you know, 30 model units... You can, if one model in the unit has this, uh, it's called stealth and shrouded, it's two different rules that you get, but it has this cover save, then the whole unit gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, which means that you have this very weird effect where you have these venom throats in a bunker, which is armored for 15, <laughs> so you need basically like to go up with anti-tank weapons to go blow it up. Um, and then you run this conga line of gaunts up the field, oh. at two inches apart. One of them is within six inches. The other is just walking up the field one at a time, and then you turn into a T-line. <laughs> and it is the cheesiest, stupidest piece of shit, chicken shit move, and it is dumb, 
And I'm pretty sure if anyone tried to pull it against me, I would flog them. Because fuck that. Two observations. One is, I've always said that just because the rules say you can, doesn't doesn't mean mean you should. should. Yep. And two, or just, no, even better... So that's the weak formulation. The strong formulation is just because the rules don't say you can't doesn't mean you should. See, now, I've got to kind of take issue Well, hold on a second. The second thing is, I tell a story. I'll go ahead. I'll I'll let you tell you after it. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Back in college, I used to play a lot of pool. In fact, after I had a particularly bad breakup, I spent an entire month, every single night, including Sunday nights, at the local bar, Shooting pool. I got pretty good at pool. But that's not the story I'm trying to tell. I would play bar pool. And by bar pool, you play by certain rules. Um, you know, winner keeps the table. Um, you know, every loser, losers, everyone else sort of lines up their quarters, you know, and that sort of thing. And, you know, you have to hit your ball first, this, and then blah, 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 blah. You know, you can't pull balls out, so. Um, uh, anyway. Uh, but there was no u- rule against using your hands with the ball. That's why you <laughs> no, won. No, no, no. But, 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 but I mean, like, the worst that could happen is if, if you screwed up, if you didn't hit three bumpers, you didn't, you didn't hit your called shot, you'd lose, you'd lose your turn. And I was playing against some guys one time with a buddy of mine, and one of the guys was, you know, trying to be a wise ass. He was like, well, can I hit your ball first and then sink mine? And I'm like, it was like, 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 you know you're not supposed to do that, right? He's like, yeah, well, but I mean, like, you'll just get the ball then, right? This was like his last ball before he was going after the eight ball. I'm like, well, here's the thing. You could do it, and I could throw you through that plate glass window there, but neither of us is going to do either of those things. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. That that reminded me of that story. I was going to say, I feel as as terrible of a person as uh, Pumpkin is, that that maneuver isn't terribly much more reprehensible than Buffy in uh, Balls Bazonkers Squad that ignores cover, twin links everything, um, and just basically makes everybody cry forever. Okay, for the record, what he's talking about... <laughs> yeah, because I, I didn't understand any okay. of those words. <laughs> so, Buffy the Buff Commander is the best... A- I, I, I was proud of that name. Um, and... Oh, you. <laughs> um, she is the best command unit to have... In, uh, if you're running a suit list. Because, for 250 points, which is a lot for an independent character, a lot, um, you get uh, a whole bunch of free upgrades on the unit she's with, provided she doesn't shoot. So the BS5 that she has, I mean, she hits on twos, um, is not used. She doesn't have a gun. I don't buy her with guns, because she just sits there not shooting. So I shove her in a, in a crisis squad, which is a crisis suit team, which are battle suits with missiles and drones. It's a very standard layout. Minus her, it would, it's just about 200 points. It's a very standard crisis team. Um, she spends about 75 to 80 points on upgrades, um, to make them re-roll to hits and ignore cover. And probably have Tank Hunter. Oh, and Tank Hunter or Monster Hunter, which basically means that they get to re-roll hit wounds against monstrous creatures or vehicles. Um, and so, I would like to point out that what Ant, what Pumpkin is doing is, um, technically letter of the law correct. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing is using the things they gave me in the codex that, oh, these are upgrades and this is how you use them. The, and well, no, no, yeah, that's exactly the same thing he's doing. No, no, yeah. In the Tyranid Codex, the thing that they gave them was 
synergy by having your units be adjacent to other units. In 6th edition 40k, they also gave you the tools to remove models from certain locations in units. So, you know, like that, a conga line of guns is a very thin thread holding them to their cover save, and if you shoot that one gun within I'm not six sa- inches... I'm not saying it's, it's impossible to get it's around. Just it, it, it's actually down. not a very smart idea, in my opinion, because I've done... I do exactly that. I shoot the gaunts in the middle. Um, exactly. it, it's it's really not that big of a deal. It's more of just win at all costs. Because when you have a 36-inch conga line of gaunts two inches apart, that's just dumb. Now, I did... I, I didn't do the bunker, but I did basically the same thing with the, the Venomthrope walking behind... And uh, actually, two T's of Hormagons and Termagons, though it was, I think, 25 and 17, not 30 and 30, um, running up and giving my stuff almost enough time to get into combat with his guard. It didn't actually help me. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, but, I am much but, less offended by teardrops. Mm-hmm. Like, you no, know, this, what, was, what, this was a T. This, well, was, this was a double T. Like, layered on but top was of- it? Across the entire board, which is specifically what I'm talking about. It, and it, then the Venom Throps are in a bunker. It covered the rest of my army. He, he never, he didn't kill the Venom Throp until like way later. Until okay. all of the guns were, were gone. But my point is that it is a thing that is a little cheesy, but it is no cheesier than Buffy. I say it's a different kind of cheesy because it You're is not. You're not doing not, it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, I actually have to side with Elle on this one. I mean, I, like I said, this is an interesting discussion. If people are bored with it, we can just stop. But um, there's a difference between. So I was thinking of this difference between. So the, the difference is if you would well, fully upgrade Buffy, you could buy two and a half Crisis Squads for what it costs to buy one she, with a fully upgraded Buffy. She actually is is the Crisis team again. Yeah, and, and then some plus. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So you could have like over two times as many units. Mm-hmm. The different so 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 clearly you're paying an extreme cost to have one very good unit instead of two and a half. No, I, I think that is way better than having two putting buying more suits instead of Buffy because you're you're rerolling to hit and to wound. Okay, only means, against certain targets. Against whichever targets you want. No, it's not. Infantry never get it ever under right, no circumstances. You're gonna kill them anyway. But don't you have less wounds? Oh no, Buffy also has like ridiculous she armor has saves. Four wounds and a two up armor save. That's no that is and, no different. And feel no pain. She, and, I never give her feel no pain. I mean, this isn't that, I don't think it Buffy is, no is different. as bad as a seer star. It is no different from a space marine chapter master who no one thinks is cheesy, who has a two up save, a three up invuln, eternal warrior, which means you can't instant death him, T five, same thing I have, but, and is on a bike. It's the same thing. He doesn't give the rest <laughs> of his squad twin link and twin linked wounding. And none of them are mechs. Yeah. Well, I don't think the mechs have anything to do with it, aside from the obvious, fa- obvious fact well, that mechs are cooler. But well, the they have thing, several wounds. The only thing that I would say, honestly, is just that, like, if you're doing something that doesn't look right within the game fiction, because there's some sort of weird mechanical corner case that lets you do this, but it's like, you see this all the time in games. You see, like, Oh, if I take one level of this random class and one level of this random class in D&D, mm-hmm. and then I get this specific piece of equipment, and this other thing, because of the way it's worded, and it doesn't make any sense that any dude would ever do this or carry this equipment. Right. But yet, you know, it lets her do, like, some ridiculous thing that's totally mechanically broken. It's like, well, but they printed all of these things. Like, like well, you know, that, 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 it bothers me because... It, 
you know, the difference is that I see your squad, I'm just like, oh, it's a command unit with a bunch of units around it. Like, that yeah. makes sense to me. This, there's something in a bunker, and then, like, conga line of guys all the way across the board, and it, then, like... Exactly. It, it, it's different flavor-wise. Well, it, 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 it breaks immersion for me. Precisely. And, and honestly, maybe the... Oh, sorry. Maybe the two are balanced completely from that perspective, but I don't want to see the immersion-breaking thing. I, I agree. The key, difference, the key difference between those two analogies, of course, being that D&D is a role-playing game, and a lot of the game, nobody wins the game, and the rules are enforced by social compacts between people. Mm-hmm. If you Whereas, say 40k and fantasy are not role-playing games, then I... probably in America. <laughs> <laughs> I will completely disagree with you, because I role-play the shit out of those games. Alright, but the thing of it is that one is designed for people to do the thing that seems right. The other is designed for people to play a chess-to-craps-like versus gaming versus gaming environment. You know, in chess. the 40k and fantasy I've ever seen. In chess, just because you put, like, your pawn behind your other pawn and then have a knight next to them and it's like, what? Why would your knight die for some pawn? That's, that's... <laughs> However, I, I, I would like problem. to point you towards the fact that, A... Uh, GW has explicitly stated that they That's are no longer supporting, um, <laughs> that they're not interested in balance, they're not interested in supporting competitive play. They're yes. interested in what they call forging a narrative. Which, if that's not role-playing, I don't know what it is. Now, well, granted, it's a different kind of role-playing than d and it it's, it's aggressive versus role-playing, wherein you're expected so. to take advantage of the rules given to you. I'm not saying someone shouldn't do it. I just, mm-hmm. I'm just saying it looks ridiculous. Well, it looks ridiculous when I have to spread my gene stealers exactly two inches apart so that they don't all get wrecked by a plasma cannon, too. I would rather just have them be a massive clusterfuck roaming towards <laughs> things. Yeah. However, it's, it's enforced by the game that I have to space them two inches apart. Where's Arguably, a plasma cannon... Would kill them about as well as any other blast. Well, yeah, like, I know. But <laughs> it's the first blast that came to mind. They're only a frag, a frag missile. Huh? That, that is a thing. Can that we put Scott? Yeah, yeah, Scott. 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 Sorry. So I, yeah, that, that, I think I think I think this conversation may have burned itself out. I apologize. Um, can I just ask one question to, and then it can die? Is this what he does every time? No, but he does shit like that. Okay. Um, he he is the kind of person that will bicker and argue so that he can get every single millimeter he can over you. Mm-hmm. He is a win at all costs player. Yeah. What were you gonna say? Just well, real quick. No, no, that's fine. Go ahead. Played some games this week too, but we can. Just no, no, no. We should stop. get. We should. No. We, no, we need to get yours. It's your turn. Actually, it's probably safest if I don't mention the game I've been playing because it is. <laughs> uh, it's a game from Sega. And I don't know if any of you are familiar with uh, coin pusher or coin dozer style games where you drop coins and there's a little mm. tray that oh, goes yeah, back yeah, and yeah. forth and pushes Those them down. Those are super addictive and so bad. this has taken that, mixed it with Pokemon and an RPG. <laughs> no. um, so you get four monsters, well, also with a social aspect as well, and a pay-to-play aspect that I haven't actually run into yet, which is really refreshing. Um, so your team is four of your monsters, and then you have to pick one of your friends, or if you don't have any friends, pick some random person, um, from the internet to be on your team. And their leader will join your team. And so there's like little five slots at the bottom where the coins fall down, and if enough coins fall down, the monster activates and, uh, attacks the monsters you're fighting, which are at the top of the screen. And when you kill monsters, sometimes more coins pop out. 
And your monsters have special abilities that can cause things to happen, like the coins you drop are giant coins, or like you can drop healing coins, or special coins, or... Are you okay, like, Will? Neat plates. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. Um, Play Puzzle Force instead. It's much more what, fun. What's it and, called? Uh, well, there might be dragons involved, and that other thing I mentioned that like fall down all the time. Um, coins. Uh, you also can collect different monsters level them up and evolve them, a la Pokemon, uh, and fuse them together to make them more powerful, and it's, yeah. The, the, as I said, it, it has pay-to-play aspects, you can, like, go and buy any of the currencies, but the only wall I've run to is actually a play wall. That is, doing missions nets you the basic currency gold, which you can use to fuse your monsters together to level them up, and I actually ran out of gold. Uh, hmm. But I didn't want to sell any of my monsters to make more gold because I wanted to use them to level my monsters up. So the solution was, of course, just to play more so I could earn more gold. Clearly. <laughs> uh, I, have, so I have so far completely avoided even like being like, ah, oh, I could spend five dollars because that's that's where they get you with the pay-to-play games. Is you know, I could I could just spend five dollars and that would make things a little bit easier. I'll just do that and be fine. Hasn't even come up, which probably it's gonna wait until I'm like super habituated to the game, and then I'll be like, oh, uh, uh, you might want to give us like ten bucks, hey? <laughs> Keep doing some awesome shit. We'll give you lots of perks. Ninety nine bucks is the best value. <laughs> no, seriously. It, in a different game, that, that was what it was. Yeah. Oh my god. In, in Dungeon Keeper is like had all the prices, and then like the ninety nine is like best value because they like. You know, they give you more stuff the more you you, you spend. You know? Oh, that I hate does it when make they sense. try and sell you on ridiculous, ridiculous stuff. It's like they want to get you to give them five bucks for a bunch of gold, but it's not even enough gold to really do anything spectacular. Mm-hmm. It's like, why? <laughs> and then they have the hundred dollar option. It's like, who? <laughs> there are people. People yeah. with a lot of disposable income. True. There are also a lot of children with access to their parents' credit cards. Yeah. <laughs> For a little while. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, Bob. It was a good value. You, it was <laughs> the best value. The best value, Mommy. You, you occasionally hear about that sort of thing where a kid runs up a few hundred dollars in charges and they get all pissy and everything, but like, my understanding is that it's not, it's, it's actually the whale players. It's actually the players that, like, you know, People with a whole bunch of disposable income that just have nothing better to do with their time. Back back when I played MacG, which was a click-based browser game where you had mechs that leveled up and fought each other, sort of like <laughs> Pokemon. Uh, it was all text-based, and I played that for about five years, and I got good enough, good at it enough that I was able to give other people in-game currency to spend fifty dollars on my behalf to give me mm-hmm. the upgrade package. Because I had I was good enough the game was making enough money that I could give them more money than they would get from spending the fifty dollars on themselves. Mm. Nice. And that gave me more energy to get better at the game. And I did this to the point where I had I had air quotes spent over eight hundred dollars on my account. Nice. <laughs> uh, when the game reset, uh, I was really unhappy with the way every reset was going. And I was friendly with the creator of the game, and I managed to convince him to let me basically cash out. And he gave me four hundred fifty dollars back of the eight hundred I'd spent. <laughs> oh wow! Really? Turn around. I'd spent about a hundred dollars on the game. Yeah. 
of my personal money, and then the rest was like, I'll give you $12 million if you spend 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is just digital dollars, and I don't really care. That's right. I can earn that back in two weeks. That's right. I got these for free. Um, so, yeah, you know, people have money, and they're like, you know, if you're having fun with the game, though, is it really that worse, much worse to spend $100 on, you know, a little coin desert game than it is on Bioshock Infinite or Skyrim or whatever? Well, no, if you're getting you don't pay $100 on that. Well, once you buy the game and the DLCs. Yeah. I mean, if you buy a $60 game and two DLCs. And that's not also, counting the, the I, system you play on. I feel like, like, Android games and the kind of things you're talking about, the, the, the pay-to-play stuff, um, I, I don't like paying for them for two reasons. One, I feel like I don't get my full monies out of them. The most the games I I buy are pretty much only five to twenty dollars, and because I, I buy them on sale on Steam, mm-hmm. and they give me a hundred plus hours. Like I pretty much yeah. exclusively buy RPGs, um, uh, and these guys last me like you know a two weeks of of play, and then you know, maybe twenty hours, you know. Maybe. And I I'd say I've probably put sixty to eighty hours into Dungeon Keeper. Here here's the real reason I don't like doing it though is because it encourages that behavior. There are there are bigger game co- they, they, like for instance um uh uh shit not Mass Effect what is it uh Dead Space Dead Space two has like uh, in game maybe it was three that yeah, in game transactions like I think two did too I think I thought two did too they were just released as DLCs mm-hmm. um in all it was was just uber versions of the stuff in the game like like the campaign is over at that point and if you and what if you pay the money for it, you get the beginning of the game so easy it's not even worth playing. Like, yeah. it's, it, it, it's it's a cancer on the game industry, in my opinion. And, so an individual game might be worth it, but just me personally, that it, it's encouraging behavior. Mm. You know? Well, that's why I play the pay-to-play games, and I never spend any money. To discourage even behavior. <laughs> yeah. They're like, man, look at all these people who are playing, and they aren't giving us money. I'm glad somebody gives them money, though. Because that way, the rest of us get to keep playing them for socialism. <laughs> like something like Puzzle Forge here is a game where I think it's like a buck to turn off the ads, and well, turning off ads I will pay for. Yeah. That that yeah, is, that is completely different it, it is. than oh, we have an extra elite currency that you can buy and like get stuff. Otherwise, you're stuck playing it in boring mode for forever. Like it's completely different. Like I I have paid for games to get rid of ads. Yeah. But because you know, I enjoyed the game, and I was like, it's $2, and it gives the ads, whatever, you know? But, I don't know. It, it's when it's the recurring things that it bothers me the most. Then, the ads shouldn't be there in the first place. Well, they have to make money, otherwise they couldn't have funded the programming of the game, and it's then an ad- wouldn't get the game. <laughs> Hush you and your logic. It's an ad-shaped I'm, gun that they I'm point to your head. I'm about it anyway. <laughs> Without reason, <laughs> branded weapons going to Mount Dew gun, and then... that would be awesome. It would be kind of awesome. Okay, I kind of like that. If if they came out with like a Pokemon mm. game where not not literally Pokemon, but a Pokemon esque monster battler where they were like, you can battle various branded <laughs> monsters. Like here's the Mountain Dew. Mount. It's a it's a mountain piece of Dew Mountain Dew. <laughs> it's a mutant Dew from a mountain. <laughs> Here's the Nike shoe. What was the name of that <laughs> Food movie? Fight. Food fight. Food fight. Food fight. The video game. God, yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd I'd play the hell out of Food Fight. The video game. Yeah. Just 
I would pay not to ever be subjected to those dead, dead eyes ever again. <laughs> and companies could pay the developers to improve the quality of their brand's creature oh, in yeah. the game. Better, they could pay to have their brands not included in the game. Oh, yeah, they could pay <laughs> to say, okay, uh... Sure, that's okay. Well, it depends on how bad the, uh... <laughs> it depends on how bad the game is, because uh, I theorized the, the reason why Food Fight was so bad was because it wasn't actually done by a bunch of people who wanted to get their brands out. It was actually done after the very first meeting they had with any executive. And the executive said, what a shitty movie. This is so bad. I will pay you money. This is my theory. I will pay you money. I'm Coke. I'll pay you money to put Pepsi... Up to this. <laughs> Convince Pepsi to be in this movie. <laughs> I don't care what it takes. What and make this, this the sh- food fight. Okay. What the fuck is that? Imagine they take branded objects and mascots and make a movie out of them. A bad movie. Yeah. A really bad movie. Well, of course, it's branded objects. I would have a hard time imagining them making a good movie out of that. Well, hold on. <laughs> You'd think that with well, enough funding... Sorry. Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. You'd <laughs> think that with enough funding... From all these major things, you could at least get something vaguely coherent, right? With at least something of an animation budget. <laughs> have you seen a Michael Bay movie before? They have a budget. <laughs> they do they have, have a budget. They have a, a, how, how much money? Actually, Michael no, Harris, they, they, do, they had spent $60 million on that rendering. Here, maybe someone could pull up a screenshot of <laughs> Food Fight. I actually don't need to, because if anyone who remembered Goldeneye knows exactly the quality of their graphics. Oh, okay. <laughs> Except it's like as good movie, as the CGI in that movie. Video game. <laughs> no, the, the video, video game. game. Oh, okay. It is except, real bad. Except it was released in 2012. Oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. As you say, so... like, at a time, Goldeneye was actually pretty decent graphics. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm re- I remember being, like, seeing mm-hmm. Perfect Dark, which is just... Incrementally yeah. better than GoldenEye, man. Oh my god, look how much better everything yeah, is. Yeah, me too. I can actually I see that. expressions on people's faces. Yeah. You know those, that one expression their character's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I love Perfect Dark, mostly oh. because her main character's name was Joanna. <laughs> and I got really excited that they made like a badass assassin named me <laughs> they could like go around goldeneyeing people it was amazing yeah, so by, by, that, by that rule they just made the, the name of the assassin me everyone was yeah. just a <laughs> that's, much. that's Wee's strategy that yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 we had that time when uh, remember the year where Time Magazine's person of the year was just like a shiny reflective surface yes. aww yeah. it's us oh god <laughs> Uh, that's because they were a face that year. <laughs> they were a face? They were a face. Cheap <laughs> <laughs> <was the> <laughs> pop. <laughs> it's you, the audience. They go in there too pansy to pick an actual person. Yeah. And they're like, person of the year? Protesters. <laughs> All of you. <laughs> <laughs> you there, wanting the right to sexualize the disabled character from My Little Pony that that boy in that contest won his right to be included in. Yeah. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> I didn't know that was a protest. Oh, yeah. It makes me sad. Yeah, so he, he won this. <sighs> the kid. Oh, yeah, no, I know the story about the kid. I don't. I, I, I didn't know this. that there was a Oh, oh, protest they, they asked, to... they said, specifically, don't, like, is there... You guys do us this favor and not make porn of just this one character. Yeah, so they went out of their way. They went they... out of their way as, like, you know, a big freedom of speech thing oh, to make sake. really, really disgusting, vicious, often violent porn yeah. of this disabled little boy's pony. <laughs> but that it's because was... they asked the internet to be reasonable. 
Well, yeah. they were foolish. When you ask the internet to do something, yeah. or not to do something, 4chan does it. But it wasn't 4chan. It wasn't even 4chan? No, because it was contained within 4chan. I would just expect that. This was, was yeah. crossing into, like, DeviantArt. Yeah, really? it is like, fan, like wow. fan fiction. That's not just, Yeah. That's that like, it's like me... a different level of shit, you know? Because I expect 4chan <sighs> to be, like, depraved. I go to 4chan to be depraved, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's the place on the internet, and it's for that. Relatively contained in yeah. that stuff. Mm-hmm. The other thing too is people don't understand what the words "free speech" means. Well, I mean, mm. technically, they're correct that it's within <laughs> yeah. their freedom of speech, well, except for it's technically it's illegal to make child pornography. Yeah, it's not a child's pony. It's like the. <laughs> it's <gotta get> porn. <laughs> yeah. There's no rule it's against pony like, porn. Bestiality. <laughs> yeah, true. it's like the but people I think that you're allowed to draw. No, yeah, there's no law against against porn. Assuming he's not with real animals. Yeah. It's the actual, like, bestiality part that's illegal. Yeah, you can draw bestiality. Sorry, I haven't investigated this very uh, in-depth. Um, that's, that's fair. <laughs> that seems reasonable. And okay. That makes me sad, because the story about that made me happy, and every time I watch that episode, I'm like, Yay, Yeah, that's your own little pony. He's yeah. got stripey hair, like every teenager kid pony. That's stripey hair. It made me... That... Anyways. But you think it's pretty foolish for them to ask the internet not to make no. porn of something anyways, because mm. all that is is asking them to make porn of hey, it. focus mm. on this. I mean, it, it seems like a weird request. Like <laughs> I think they requested it after it don't started. don't make porn of Esherance Girl or I think, something. I think it was yeah, after they noticed it starting, girl. where they were like, just, just, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like... She saved me money on my car insurance and was a babe. <laughs> 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 This podcast is fully copyrighted by its hosts. Visit us at podcastmagicmissile.com. I Podcast Magic Missile, attacking the darkness since 2012.